NACHA, the Electronic Payments Association, on September 23rd launched Phase 1 of its same-day ACH initiative. Phase 2 is scheduled to take place next year. While we've all been hearing a lot about faster and, in some cases, real-time payments, the U.S. has struggled to implement faster payments similar to those already deployed in other leading financial markets in the world, such as the United Kingdom. Here, Jane Larimer, Executive Vice President of the ACH Network Services at NACHA, explains what this new initiative entails, the number of phases that will have to be completed, and security and fraud prevention lessons learned from other markets. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. So, Jane, could you just give us a quick overview of what's being rolled out in Phase 1? Hi, Tracy. Great. I'm really glad to be here today. So, in Phase 1, which took effect last Friday on September 23rd, two additional settlement windows were added to the ACH network. Before September 23rd, there was one overnight settlement cycle, which settled at 8.30 in the morning. As of Friday, we added two more in, during the day. So we now have a 1 p.m. window or a midday window and a close of business window at 5 p.m. So there's three settlement cycles per day now on the ACH. And the first phase were credits only. So ACH credit push payments only for the first year. So ACH credits should allow for expedited bill payments, B2B just-in-time payments, invoice payments, payroll payments for both hourly or contract workers. This will allow them to be uh, beneficiaries of direct deposit. If there are emergency payroll situations, that should be included as well. And say insurance companies want to make claims uh, payments to their customers. They'll be able to use same-day ACH credits for that as well. So I think there's a lot of um, opportunities during phase one for ACH credits to really improve um, the speed and the flexibility of the ACH. Jane, I know that this has just been rolled out, but can you tell us how many institutions have signed on with NACHA for same-day ACH? That's a great question. The ACH network, once we pass a rule, the rule is mandatory on all financial institutions to receive same-day ACH payments. So every financial institution in the country, all, say, 12,000 of them, as of day one, were ready to receive same-day ACH payments. So from an origination perspective, same-day ACH is optional. And we did outreach uh, a few months back, and 95% of our top ODFIs said that they would be originating same-day ACH payments by the end of this year. Anecdotally, when we've reached out to talk to different FIs, our understanding is, is that the vast majority of, of those FIs were ready to go on day one and that we're going to be offering a same-day ACH to their customers. So once the effective date came, it is uh, ubiquitous. It's universal across the ACH network and every financial institution in the United States is participating. So just for a quick point of clarification here, Jane, it would be mandatory then for institutions to accept these same-day payments, but it's optional for the originator. Is that because the originator accepts the risk or why would it be optional on the originator side? It is optional on the origination side. So financial institutions can choose whether they want to um, originate same-day ACH payments. Remember that not all financial institutions in the United States originate ACH payments, period. Origination has always been optional on the ACH network. So whether financial institutions want to originate traditional or standard ACH or same-day ACH, it's their choice. And whether originators want the choice and whether they want the flexibility of having a same-day payment, it's optional for them as well. So it may be a tool that a lot of originators want to use, and it may be a tool that others feel that they don't need, but it's optional for them to make that decision. So we've talked about phase one. How many phases in total would this initiative include? So there are three phases. Uh, this year is credits, as I just mentioned. 
next year, September 15th, so less than a year away from now, debits. So ACH debits or debit pull payments will be added. And then the third phase and final phase uh, takes place in March of 2018. And that's a funds availability requirement where financial institutions make same-day credits available to their customers by 5 p.m. close of business, so 5 p.m. RDFI local time. So that's really the phase that gives everybody the ability to you know, withdraw that money out same day through an ATM. So Jane, what precautions has NACHA taken to ensure that these same-day ACH transactions are secure? So from the inception, we've been looking at risk both mitigants and uh, what additional risk might be coming with same-day ACH. So we've taken it very seriously from the very beginning. And I think in the way it's been architected or designed, first of all, the risk mitigants um, baked into that. So the first thing is that there is a $25,000 limit. So the transaction limit is fairly small as we begin this, so we can see if there are, you know, what happens, right? Watch it. So small dollar amount. The second thing is that it's been a phased approach. So credits are first up. And we're going to watch the experience with credits. And we have a year to look at what we've learned before debits begin on the ACH network. The third piece of that would be that this is for domestic transactions only, that our international transactions, our IET transactions, are not eligible to be sent and received same day. So I, I think those three um, just design elements help mitigate the risk of same day ACH to begin with. I think the fourth thing would be the fact that it is optional. So financial institutions can make that decision whether they want to send same-day transactions. And so you know, one of the things that is incumbent on the financial institution is understanding their risk environment, what their risk tolerance is, and whether they want to deploy the controls that they need to reduce the risk of same-day transactions. Because same-day transactions will be leaving the bank faster. And so you want to make sure you know, FIs who are participating want to have an understanding of what their new risk environment is and have proper controls in place. You make a good point, Jane, because we have learned lessons from other markets, such as the United Kingdom, where same day or in some cases real-time payments have been deployed. What lessons would you say that NACHA or the U.S. has learned from other markets where faster real-time payments have already been deployed? When you get to watch what other folks have done, it does inform what you do and how you handle things. And I think you know, from the beginning with same-day ACH, and, and I would say I think the same is happening with the creation of real-time networks in the United States, the, an understanding that you have to do your homework and you have to have fraud controls that are robust, that are baked in from, from the inception. So as you look at deploying faster payments in a financial institution, you have an understanding of that risk environment and what you need to be doing, whether that's robust authentication or transaction monitoring um, or looking for anomalies, making sure you have an understanding of your access points, again, out. That's something that you need to be doing up front and then baking those in so that when you flip the switch on day one, that you've thought about those things proactively and that you have created the risk environment that you want, that you've put in proper controls, proper monitoring, and you've done proper testing. So I, I think that the benefit of seeing what, what's happened in some other geographies was that we, we understood that we had to do all that homework up front. So Jane, what steps are being taken to ensure that these transactions, as well as senders and recipients, are adequately vetted, verified, and authenticated along various points of the transaction chain? As we've seen with the SWIFT-related heists, that was an obvious vulnerability. So one of the expectations for same-day ACH, and I, th I think it would be the same for a real-time payment system or any payment system, is that the expectations that originating or sending financial institutions 
have done their proper due diligence on their customers, that they've done a risk assessment of their own customers, and that they've done that due diligence in the KYC of their own customers. So before any ODFI brings an originator on the ACH network, there are levels of due diligence that are done. Then an ODFI has the choice and the decision about whether they want to offer same-day ACH to that originator. It may not be something that they want to offer to every one of their customers. It is up to the ODFI to make that risk decision vis-a-vis -vis their customer base. And then once that is sent out, there, there are protocols in place clearly between financial institutions and the ACH operators on both sides of the transaction. And then for an account holder on the receiving side, so somebody getting um, the benefits of an ACH credit, uh, obviously, there has been due diligence before opening an account for account holder. Again, you know these transactions that we're talking about here are domestic, and we have one very robust regulatory environment where there is a lot of due diligence being done on all sides of the transaction before that first one even flows. You make a good point here, Jane, about the fact that these transactions are only going to be transacted domestically and that we do have a very robust regulatory environment here in the U.S. Looking back at the SWIFT-related heists, you know, they have taught us many lessons about relying too heavily on antiquated processes and systems to ensure the authenticity of interbank payments. And now SWIFT has just announced that it will enforce inspections and cybersecurity oversight for those payments that are conducted along its rails. How has NACHA addressed some of these concerns, or do you think that really these aren't even issues that need to be addressed here in the U.S.? Well, I think that, that we've been addressing them here in the U.S. for uh, years now. I, I know Tracy and I have talked before about account takeover and the regulatory response and the payment systems response to account takeover and to the changing you know, nature of cyber attacks, uh, both in the United States and globally. So I think it is informative when you watch the changing nature and also how things happened and what was vulnerable, and the different areas where the problem occurred. And so I think from the United States viewpoint, you know, when you look at antiquated processes and some of the specifics of the SWIFT heist, I think our regulatory environment creates kind of a higher playing ground that maybe SWIFT has, because SWIFT deals on a global level. And there's a lot of different regulatory regimes around the globe. I think there have been expectations from our regulators about layered security, about authentication in internet banking environment. We have the NIST cybersecurity framework and the OCC cyber assessment tool. So our regulators are very active in this area. Then NACHA does some translation out to our members and to our, you know, anybody who's coming onto the, say, the NACHA site to talking about, okay, so what does this mean in an ACH environment? We're very clear that financial institutions have to keep up on their risk assessments. They have to have an understanding of the changing environment. And when they're offering faster payments, that they need to make sure that they have put in adequate controls for the fact that financial payments or transactions might be making it out of their financial institution more quickly. You know, that said, same-day ACH is still a batch payment. So it's not leaving the bank in two seconds. So we have three settlement windows a day. So it's faster, and we want people to have an understanding of what that means within their risk environment. But again, it's the stepping stone to when real-time payments are implemented, when those payments may be leaving the financial institutions in a matter of seconds. So I think that this is a great stepping stone to make sure that we are all ready to be moving not just three times a day, but for some folks, you know, within seconds. So I think it's a good step, but I would say that, you know, within the, the United States, this has been a continuous process of improvement and in 
guidance from our regulators, and it's just a much different environment than I think the global environment. Yes, Jane, let's just expand there for a moment. So you make a good point, and you've kind of made this point throughout our interview here today, that faster payments in a lot of ways can help to eliminate fraud, so they can be more secure, but they also can create new challenges for fraud departments when it comes to preventing fraud, namely for the reasons that you just mentioned, that when payments are actually taking place in real time, they're leaving in a matter of seconds. And of course, right now, this is a phased approach and same-day ACH is still a batch payment. How do you think fraud departments and institutions should be preparing as we move along in these phases for the pressure that these fraud departments are going to feel when it comes to you know bracing for real-time payments as we have this stepping stone in the same-day ACH environment? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's First of all, from from a, a high level perspective, it's that my hope would be that for fraud departments, they both see the risk mitigants and then the, the the potential for increased fraud risk. So, I think in a lot of ways, faster payments can be used as a risk mitigant to reduce counterparty risk. It reduces operational risk. Say for an ACH payment, if you don't make it through the first window, there's going to be another window the same day that you can move your payments out. It reduces credit risk. But you're right, when your payment leaves the bank more quickly, it is more challenging. And so I think one of the things that fraud departments need to do is ensure that they have those adequate controls in place up front. So first, strong or robust authentication. Strong security around file delivery and you know sending files out of the financial institution. Receiving banks should be looking uh, for their exception processing for returns. So they need to make sure that they can you know, on the receiving side, the return timeframes, while still the same, happen fast, you know, they're one day faster. So the exceptions departments on receiving banks need to ensure that they can meet you know, the timeframes for a return. So I think it's, it's on both sides of the, the coin, if you will. On the origination side, it's making sure you have transaction monitoring or strong authentication and all the controls you need at kind of file initiation. And then on the receipt side, ensuring that you can get your exceptions processed and back into the network within the timeframes. So just that you can you know, operate a little bit more quickly. So I think that, that would be at the highest level on, on both sides, both receiving and originating. Well, Jane, I'd like to thank you again for your time today. Very informative. I appreciate it. Thank you, Tracy. It was my pleasure. Again, we've just heard from Jane Larimer of NACHA. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.